Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, joined by Inside Texas's Jerry Hamilton. We're going to talk a little bit of scrimmage action uh, from the Longhorns on Saturday, as well as some other news and notes from the weekend, including the big uh, Texas relays there in Austin. Uh, young man out of Idaho, uh, <laughs> running like running like the wind. I think he what did he finish with a ten two four something like that, Jerry? Yeah, yeah, ten one eight, but it was a little wind aided, so ten two four. Oh boy, I tell you what, uh, incredible stuff at the relays. Uh, this week, Justin Wells uh, and Joe Cook were on hand for that. Jerry was at the Final Four last night, but we both talked to people that were at the scrimmage yesterday. Uh, Jerry, and I want to go over that uh, and, and really focus on that today uh, as much as possible. Let's start with the quarterbacks, uh, and I'm going to give you the, the rank order of how the quarterbacks went in. It was one, Quinn Ewers, two, Malik Murphy, three, Arch Manning. Uh, all three got time uh, with the, the, the various units. Uh, Ewers, I am told, looked pretty good. Murphy uh, looked pretty good as well. Arch Manning, according to Eric Nalin, uh, had some movement of the ball as well down the field. So uh, it sounds like the quarterbacks, Jerry, just starting off where we – they are where we thought they were a little bit from early on. That's what you're hearing as well, I understand. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and look, it, it, all three guys are um, – performing well. I mean, I'm going to hold Malik Murphy out of that just because he hadn't had as many reps, right? Um, and I, we want, all want to see at the spring game what that looks like, right? But I expect those guys, Quinn's a year older, Arch is prepared like a professional. Um, it, I'm not surprised these guys, the signs that Quinn's showing or the kind of reports, because if you just look at the wide receiver position, it's a better, more talented, deeper group this year for spring football. I mean, when Jonte Cook um, DeAndre Moore, Casey Kane, or your second team guys. Those are all guys that if the ball is put in a good place, save Casey Kane has a few drop issues, but he also made some plays. Those it's a better second team group this spring, right? I mean, and so you know, when your starters AD Mitchell brings something they didn't have, they did until Nayer got hurt last year, right? But Xavier Worthy's a a year older, Jordan Weddington's a senior. I mean, that's they have a deeper wide receiver room this year and a more talented group overall. Um, so it's it's not a surprise that we're hearing more positive things from those guys. Uh, I want to skip over running backs. We'll come back to them because you mentioned the wide receivers. Some notes uh, from the scrimmage in particular, Jordan Whittington had some nice uh, plays, uh, both in the short yardage stuff underneath and uh, caught one up the seam apparently. Uh, Casey Kane, uh, while we think uh, A.D. Mitchell is going to be the starter uh, on the outside and, and would be highly surprised if, he not, if he's not, Casey Kane is one of those guys that is an excellent practice player. He yeah. showed it the last two yes. years. He's, he's just tough. He's a tough guy. And yeah. I think he makes it difficult on the coaches because he's trying to do – I mean, he's one of those perfectionists that tries to do everything right. He just may not have the talent of a guy like A.D. Mitchell. Right. No, no doubt. I mean, and, and I think you hit the nail on the head. I mean, we saw it last year in the spring. I mean, you know what you're going to get out of him. You know, you know he's going to be in the right place at the right time. Um, you know he's going to fight uh, through contact. And, you know, he's a year older guy. Is he the playmaker that A.D. Mitchell is to this point? No. I, I mean, that's really the issue. And obviously he's – sadly, he's more remembered for a drop maybe then his play and he had a really good game in this in the season right I mean so um, I think if you're telling me he's a backup outside receiver to AD Mitchell 
before Isaiah Nayor gets back to full speed. Texas is in a better place than they were last year because he was a starter last year. Nayor's still sidelined, by the way, uh, that note from the Routes on air. Routes yeah. on yep. air. Yep, yep. Uh, so just be aware of that. I did not hear, and, and Jerry, I'd be interested if you heard anything specific on either Xavier Worthy or Jonte Cook from the scrimmage. I personally did not and asked about both of them. So uh, did you hear anything? No, I, I, I just continue to hear on Jonte that he is um... – Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Um, if he's not the quickest guy in and out of cuts, um, he, he's a very close number two. Um, there's, you know, Xavier Worthy's number one. Uh, but Jonte Cook is just getting in and out of cuts has been very impressive. Um, his ability to gear up and quickly gear down, I think, is uh, a little different than some other guys. Um, I also continue to hear and look, and it kind of goes with what I saw that that second open media session I was at. DeAndre Moore is extremely natural catching a football, extremely natural catching a football. So he's going to be a guy that play, you know, plays in that Whittington spot. When the ball's thrown in traffic situations, it's not going to be unnatural for him to go snatch the ball against attached coverage or in traffic situations. I, I hear he's really – that's really translated from high school to college early on. Uh, Jerry, I talked to you on this Sunday morning here. Uh, after the scrimmage uh, yesterday, after, uh, yesterday, uh, and I, I want to go back now to the running backs. Jaden Blue uh, continues to take reps with the ones. Uh, Cedric Baxter uh, reps with the twos. When Jonathan Brooks is out, right? Let's just be clear. He Brooks is still limited. He is not completely limited, but he is limited. He's not running just routes on air like Isaiah Nayor. He's actually yeah. participating in some contact stuff. They're just being cautious. Uh, but I've heard Savion Red now is moving up to number three uh, ahead of a, a walk-on, which is not surprising. No. But he's made his way up now halfway through. Uh, that's a good sign. The other question I would have here uh, that's interesting is people are talking about Savion Red. Uh, and, and Eric mentioned this the other day. Savion Red possibly, possibly being the best short yardage back on the team. That you're talking about a, a move, a convert from wide receiver that has that kind of a skill set. Uh, from yesterday's practice, Jaden Blue uh, apparently uh, had a nice run, uh, as well as said uh, Savion Red. Red continues to meet, make people miss in space. And Baxter, uh, Jerry, kind of a, as you mentioned from the very get-go when you first saw him, is that one-cut guy, and then he has a little something up little extra juice to him off that one cut. Yeah, uh, Savion Red is the most interesting guy to me this spring, um, other than the guys that, you know, the Gavin Holmes that, you know, were expected. Because if you go back and watch his high school tape, he showed all the traits, right? He played quarterback at South Grand Prairie, but when he put that ball under his right or left arm, he showed all the running back traits there. He could read the linebacker. He had extremely quick feet in the hole. Um, and now you see him at 5'10", 215 pounds. And you've said it before, he, he's built like Selvin Young. So he's got a running back skill set. 
He's got a running back build. We've both seen that this spring up up close. I mean, he's built like an NFL running back. He really is. He's going to be 5'10", 220, and perfectly proportioned. But, you know, when you heard that that one uh, longer media session we were both at, when you heard Tashard Choice giving him constant praise every rep, you were like, okay, this is he ain't doing that just to have fun with him. He's doing it because he loves what he sees. So then it came down to with Savion Red, does he have contact balance? Is he going to drop his pads, know when to drop his pads, and fall forward and maximize those runs? But look, the one thing I got from my, visiting Grand Prairie High his senior year, uh, talk, talking with head coach Tony Tatamy, who was a longtime college assistant at TCU and other places, he said we had to ask him to dial it down physically in practice. That's how physical and hyper-competitive of a football player he was. And isn't that what you want to hear about a running back? Dial I, I, it down. Hey, here's the, here's the reality, Jerry. We've talked about this. Guys, and I'm not comparing him to Jalen Hurts, uh, but Jalen Hurts took channel view to the playoffs. That, right. Exactly. Channel, you, you and I grew up Great point. Him. Yeah, they, they don't. They beat North Shore at channel yeah. view. Give me a yeah, break. I mean, and I'm not saying that Savion Red is, is right. Jalen Hurts or anything like that. What I am saying is, Guys that are district players of the year at moribund, moribund programs that are just have been dead in the water for so long and then yes. take them to the playoffs, those are rare dudes. And it doesn't yeah. matter what their star ranking is right. or, or what have you. Um, I, I do want to uh, say this. Uh, we also have a, a report up on InsideTexas.com. Uh, I'm speaking with Jerry Hamilton of Inside Texas right now. Uh, if you do not have a subscription, uh, I would highly re recommend one. Uh, InsideTexas.com is your source uh, for inside news and notes on recruiting and team news uh, for the Longhorns. Jerry, skipping forward to tight end uh, now as we go position by position from what we heard. Uh, Texas worked a lot of red zone stuff at, at yesterday's scrimmage. J Jatavian Sanders, an obvious target, had another good day of practice. Um, he sounds like he is just continuing to build on what he started about a year ago at this time and really coming out of his shell and becoming that five-star player he is. After him, though, it's a little bit of a, a, a clues right now. Gunnar Helm is definitely number two. Juan Davis is number three. But there's a little bit of a, a, a void right now. Helm uh, needs to get better as a blocker is what I'm being told. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Yeah, I think... Uh, and, and that showed up a little bit in Red Zone yesterday, too. Right. Yeah, and I think and I think all those are fair points. And with Sanders, I think the the great thing for Quinn Ewers um, this year is, you know, he's got multiple red zone threats. Where last year, you know, I don't consider Worthy. He's got a lot of touchdowns, but I don't necessarily consider him the guy that totally scares you. Uh, but he is talented. So, but you put Ad Mitchell, who has has made a lot of red zone plays in a very limited amount of time. Uh, attempts there at Georgia um, with Jatavion Sanders' ability and Xavier Worthy's production. Um, it, it, Texas, it, it, Quinn Ewers has a lot of guys to throw the ball to in the red zone this year. And, and, and I think, look, more than an A.D. Mitchell's stats at Texas, 
It's what he brings that helps other guys be better, probably, uh, that, that is, is as important as anything. Um, and, and I think that only helps Jatavion Sanders. Uh, it can put him in more favorable situations, right? And same with Xavier Worthy. So I think, you know, we talk about, oh, how open this offense is going to be now, how much more what 11 personnel they're going to run. But I think when you look at the red zone, Texas has more talent and weapons and ability to move guys around there versus last year. It's going to it's going to come down more to execution. Yeah. I, I, last year, I thought that they had to rely like on they had to rely on Bijan a lot. They had to rely on Worthy and the little bubble screen, that kind of stuff. This time it's going to be more Quinn Ewers get, getting some execution points. Uh, down in the red zone, I think. And, and yes. that'll be a big part of it. Uh, on the offensive line, I don't want to belabor this because there's only so much we can say. Uh, <laughs> first team offensive line looked really good. Second team offensive line, not so good. Uh, both at tackle and in on the interior yesterday, I'm told. Uh, so be aware of that. Uh, Cam Williams is still cross-training at both tackles. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things. Uh, Peyton Kirkland is the second team right tackle right now. Uh, or excuse me, left tackle. Yeah. Uh, so that is that is happening. That leads us to the defensive line, uh, where I, I want to mention the pass rush uh, situations. Ethan Burke continues to get noticed in pass rush situations. However, he continues to have issues against the run. Uh, Justice Finkley is almost the exact opposite. Uh, both uh, Byron Murphy and Alfred Collins were said to have good uh, good workouts yesterday. As was another young guy that we mentioned uh, late last week is. That's coming on Chris Ross. Yeah, Chris Ross, um, you know, natural bend, um, really good ankle flexion, really strong guy for has long of arms as he has. And that does when I say strong, people are like, well, what does he weigh? Well, it, it, that's one of the weird things about Chris Ross to me is he was 267 his last game of senior, he's 248 now. But as an edge guy, he may be able to bring them something they don't currently have. And that's that link. That's that hand size combined with that uh, ankle flexion and that explosive ability that he showed as an interior player at almost 270 pounds at North Shore. Uh, so, yeah, him coming on is a really good sign. Texas needs somebody. to. I mean, he's going to be an eight, nine sack guy, but they need somebody to come on there headed into August um, that they feel like can, in even if it's a situational uh, pass rusher, uh, that can actually have a presence there. Um, fingers, think, cross, think, fingers crossed for Alfred Collins. We, yeah. we can well, positive no, notes, but yeah. he, he's got to put it together when when the time comes. Well, yeah, I mean, I look, I think um, if Alfred Collins comes close to being what he can be, um, Texas on the interior defensive line will actually be better than they were last year. I, I mean, maybe not against the run, but no, maybe I don't think against the run, yeah. not against the run, but as a disruptive group, I think that'd be better as far as making negative plays, uh, because I think Byron Murphy will make more negative plays this year. And if Alfred Collins even comes close to his talent level, he, he could be a double digit tackle for loss guy easily. It's probably the sneakiest loss of Texas football last year's Moro Ojomo. Yeah, because he. He could go inside. He could be, play a little outside in, in certain fronts. Maybe, maybe that one may be the one that was the glue that kept that defensive line together last right. year a little bit. Right. Uh, and then Bobby gets down to how you weigh it. Like, are more disruptive plays better for this team? But more negative plays, putting a team behind the chains a little bit if they have the ability to. Is that better versus being 
more consistent against the run. I don't, you know, it's an interesting discussion. I, I will say this against Texas Tech, I would bet it's the uh, the opposite. Yeah. You got to put them behind the chains because yes. they'll go for it on fourth and two. All right, and and then if you're still playing that same level of defense, it just it it it's self defeating almost. All right, hey linebacker uh, Eric Nalin and Justin Wells reporting uh, from the scrimmage that David Benda is I don't want to say cementing his spot as possibly the first string linebacker opposite Jalen Ford, but he's really close to doing so. It sounds like another good practice yesterday. Uh, Jet Bush backing up uh, Jalen Ford. In the middle, uh, Maurice Blackwell, Anthony Hill, also on the outside opposite uh, Benda. Uh, what, what do you make of Benda, uh, Jerry, coming on? And is he is he good enough? I mean, it, is this putting duct tape on a bullet hole or, you know, a Band-Aid on a yeah. bullet hole? Or do you think he has the talent? I mean, he was decently rated coming out of high school. He's just made some missteps in the run game, in my opinion. No, he's always had the athletic ability, the frame, especially the quickness, the reactive quickness. He's always had all that. We had him in the Under Armour game when I was with ESPN Under Armour, and he would, he made plays. Now, when he's out there, just freedom, has freedom. That's different from playing linebacker at a high level. Um, is he good enough? He hasn't been to this point. So that's kind of – I mean, let's be real. He hasn't been to this point, been a good enough guy to start 13 games at Texas and help you get 10 or 11 wins like your goals are. He would have to make a pretty big jump, significant jump, for that to happen next year. Um, can I think a bigger thing with him is can they get him to a point where he has a good season to give the younger guys who are probably better players long-term the time? This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. To develop. I think I like how they brought along Jalen Ford. Yeah, I think that's probably more important. But do I expect David Bender to go out and be an all-Big 12 player after what we've seen now, be a difference maker? I do not. But I will say, when you look at the players for Texas, how, the guys who said, okay, they have to have really good springs, uh, their back's kind of against the wall. One's Alfred Collins because if you want to be a pro, you better show it this year because he should be. Jaden Blue was, and Benda were kind of my other guys that I looked at because um, Jaden Blue, you know, thought about transferring. Now he's now or never guys. Not, to your point, they were now or never guys. They're not now or never guys. And I think those are three guys. And um, I think obviously running back's a deeper position with a lot of talent, especially considering I think Savion Red's going to be a good player. So then you look at Collins one and Benda two coming out of the spring. If you know Collins can be an NFL draft pick if he wants to be. Benda, you just hit you need him to just bring some consistency he hasn't um, to provide time for some talented young kids to get ready. Um, at, and on the defensive backfield, let's go there because another one that uh, a lot of people were concerned with and had some uh, uh, positive news on is Keaton Crawford, uh, the uh, defensive back out of Tyler. Uh, he is currently starting uh, opposite Jaron. He's Thompson. similar to Benda. He's similar yeah, to yeah, Benda, Bobby. I want to I want to mention this because I think it's important. We've heard nothing but really positive info on on Keaton Crawford. Yeah. I actually heard some not so positive, uh, not, and not I'm not saying it's. Uh, bad or anything just 
slow your roll a little bit there. He's still learning, still trying to get things going. Uh, in the secondary yesterday, uh, again, Justin and, and uh, Eric reporting that Gavin Holmes came down with the interception. I did not get that uh, news or note, but apparently it was in the red zone. Uh, but, you know, you know how this works, Jerry. It's very funny. You and I, we all have different sources. And so we all get little pieces and nuggets that are, are slightly different and, and nuanced. And then we try to put it all together. The Crawford news is, is an example of that. The, the interception in the end zone is an, is an example of that. Uh, but it's a uh, very interesting Holmes uh, all, but looks like he's cementing uh, the starting border uh, 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 field corner role at Texas at this point. Yeah. And, and look, and when I say Keaton Crawford, he's a now or never guy I should have brought. I mean, he's a now or never guy because Derek Williams, there's a lot of talent coming in, you know, Jalen Catalan. Uh, I mean, so he's now or never this spring. It's his, it's put up or shut up time for him. A great special teams player though. Uh, but as a kid, always going to be happy with that uh, in an hour, never, you know, year for him. Um, but yeah, I think corner is going to be a better position than last year. And I, I think that's an improved position over last year. I really believe that. Um, look, Ryan Watts a year two, Terrence Brooks a year two, Gavin Holmes, I think is an upgrade. Um, and I think he may be a significant upgrade, honestly. And then you have a young talent like Malik Muhammad. Um, so I, who has got a chance to be a good player. Um, so I, I think the corner is a position that if it's not improved or much improved over last year, I'll be a little surprised. Got it. All right. That's that's going to do it for today. I, I'm going to have Justin Wells on tomorrow morning. Uh, he's got different sources than Jerry and I. So I want to go over and hear what he heard uh, from the spring scrimmage as well. We'll be uh, producing that uh, early tomorrow morning. So that'll be ready. First thing, uh, Jerry, I appreciate it. I see that final four hat on last night. Uh, from from last night, I guess you took uh, Jez, your your son Jezik, uh, to that those games. Uh, what what were your thoughts coming away from there? Well, the San Diego State FAU ending for people who didn't see it was an incredible Final Four game. I mean, last second eighteen footer fall away, FAU was outplayed in the whole whole game. It was up double digits. Dusty May, amazing job. Look, Bobby, FAU, no senior, three sophomores, a freshman, and a junior undersized team boy can they play offense the right way um, they they got beat on the boards uh, yeah. offensive boards late yeah. man yeah Ooh. yeah yeah they they did um but you know i think that's just a young team that probably got somewhere they weren't really supposed to get and here's what's going to be interesting about college basketball do all those guys stay if they all stay they'll make another run next year because he'll that, that Dusty May's proven he can evaluate talent now. And you know he's got somebody, a couple other guys coming in that are going to be really good players. Um, UConn-Miami went about the way. I actually thought, you know, Texas was the only team that had a chance against UConn. And I think Texas would have played UConn better, uh, healthy Texas, uh, which they weren't, and that's why they lost, would have played UConn better um, than Miami. Miami really wasn't set up to beat UConn. But I will say this, watching UConn-Miami, I think Texas would have given them issues. I really do because the guards, the Texas guards defensively. And I, I think that Texas could score the ball in the mid-range, which you really had to do against Connecticut's length. You couldn't just go three or go to the rack. You had to score in the mid-range against UConn. UConn does the great job moving the ball. They put a lot of pressure on you. But Look, Shaka Smart's Marquette team beat UConn. UConn's not a great team. They're a very good team. 
I think the winner of the, I think Texas could have beaten UConn. I really do believe that because I think the guards defensively and then the ability to score in the mid range, I think would have put Texas right there if they were healthy against UConn, but we'll never know. Never so, know. We'll it's never Marcus know. Marcus Carr does not have Texas, sadly, on it. <laughs> uh, in Houston, too. That would have been perfect yeah. setting for the Longhorns. All right. For Jerry Hamilton of Inside Texas, I'm Bobby Burton, and that's been Sundays on Texas Football. Thank you for watching. For more videos on Texas football, recruiting, and other sports, make sure you click the like button and subscribe to the channel to get the very latest updates. Uh, thank you for watching again, and hook them.